So this is part two of uh, Parshas Noach, verse one, chapter seven. Hashem says to Noach, it's interesting that it switches here to the divine name Yudke Vavke before it was Elohim. Mm. Um, obviously, this is, you know, we know the name Yudke Vavke is the name of mercy. Mercy. And here we're talking about him going into the ark. So clearly this is, this is not about the flood, but about the saving of Noah. So it makes sense. Um, it seems that that would be why I would say this name. Anyway, in any case, God says to Noah, Boy Come into the ark, you and your household, all your household into the ark. Because you, I have seen as a righteous person, and before me, in this generation. Rashi says, we look back at the first verse of the Parsha, Noah has described with two positive superlatives, tzadik, righteous, tomim, perfect, without blemish. But here, when he's talking to Noah, he only mentions tzadik, he doesn't say tomim. Why Rashi tells us that you don't tell a person all of his praise in in his presence, but you do say all of it in his absence. It might go to his head. Yeah. Perhaps that's why. Yeah. Maybe you'll be embarrassed. In my case, it would go to my head. <laughs> Base. Verse 2, we call from all of the pure animals. Now, we're not talking about ritual impurity, purity or impurity. We're talking about kosher. The kosher laws, as Rashi says, that in the future would be the kosher, pure animals or clean animals for the Jewish people. We learn from here that Noah studied the Torah. Wow. Rashi's telling us something really amazing. We think of the Torah being given to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai, and before that, nobody knew the Torah. Not true. Even Noah knew the Torah. Cool. Now, you could ask, and this will be a good question for our research department, Why? how is this a proof that, that Noah studied the Torah? Maybe he only knew the law, maybe God only revealed him laws of kosher. Mm-hmm. So that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Although the verse seems to, to imply that, you know, God didn't tell him, you know, he knew what a, a kosher animal was. So perhaps that's the proof that he had studied Torah. Otherwise, how would he have known? In any case, what's the deal with these kosher animals? You shall take seven peers, each male and female, male and its mate. And from the animal that is not pure, Meaning a non-kosher animal, shnayim. Only take two, ish ishter. Interesting that in, in yesterday's aliyah, in the, in the first aliyah, we only have mention of the two. And here it is introduces the idea of the seven. Okay, now what was the reason for the seven, seven, or really 14 of the kosher animals? Rashi tells us, Kadeshi Yakri Mehem. Korban so that he would be able to offer up some sacrifice upon leaving the ark. And the non-kosher animals are not fit for sacrifice. 
Now, the Talmud tells us that a person should always, in Psachim, the beginning of Tractate Psachim, that a person should always try to use a um, clean expression. And it, and it brings the proof from this verse here, because the verse describes the animals that are not clean, right? That even the English, it's a long way of saying it. Um, in, in the Hebrew, it says, Now there's a word for that are not clean in Hebrew, which is temeah. So it could have just said, And with one word, it would have captured so it would have saved uh, one, two, three, four. So it would be in one word instead of four words. And yet it goes out of its way. Why? To tell you that you can, you, you should always try to use, try to avoid a negative expression. And tmeya, unclean or contaminated, tmeya really is contaminated, is an, is an unclean word. It is a... Um, and it's, a, it's and, and if you could avoid it by saying, you know, one that is not tahor, the one that is not pure, that is a better way of saying it. it. Tells us how we have to be careful with how we our expressions that we use. Verse three, gami of Hashemayim. Of course, the Torah does itself does use the word tamei in in many contexts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in many verses, and the way the Rebbe explains it is that when the Torah is telling you a law, then it tells you, it, it doesn't mince words. It tells it like it is. This is Tamei. But when it's telling a story, then it will uh-huh. uh, use a more roundabout euphemism. Verse 3, also from the birds of the heavens, seven sevens, of course, Rashi will tell us these are the kosher birds. Interesting that the verse itself doesn't doesn't state it, but Rashi says that we derive the inexplicit from the explicit. In other words, it doesn't explain regarding the birds. Torah doesn't uh, tell you exactly is it a kosher animal, not kosher animal, but we derive from from the verse that talks about the animals. That is the same idea. to keep seed alive on the face of the earth for because in another seven days. I am going to rain upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And I'm going to blot out all beings that I have made from upon the earth. What are these seven days? Says Rashi. These are the seven days of the morning for Mishushelach, known in English as Methuselah. Hatzadik, who was righteous, God had consideration for his honor. So it sounds like the flood was start was supposed to begin on the day of, of Methuselah's death. And God postpones the flood for seven days out of consideration for the honor of Mr. Shelach. So there are the seven days of his mourning. Go and count, calculate the years of Mr. Shalach. You will find that they end at the time when uh, of Noah's age when the flood began. What is the meaning of another? You know, it could have just said, in seven days. Why does it say, 
in another seven days. You could say for in seven days. It says Rashi's man man, a period of time following a period of time. This period was added to the 120 years. What is the 40 days and 40 nights? Why this number? Rashi says, this is the time required for the formation of a fetus, which science discovered many, many years after Rashi in the Talmud. Because through their immorality, they had caused God to fashion the forms of fetuses, the born of forbidden unions. Verse 5, Noyach did according to all that God had commanded him. This refers to his entrance into the ark. So yesterday we had Vayas Noyach, Noyach did like God commanded him. And Rashi told us that that means the building of the ark. Here he uses the same expression. It can't be talking about the same thing. So what is it talking about? It's about going into the ark. God commanded to build the ark. God also commanded him to go into the ark and he followed those directions. Verse 6, Noyach was 600 years old. And the flood was Mayim al Haaretz, there was water upon the earth. And Noyach and his sons and his wife and his daughters in law with him came into the ark because of the waters of the Mabul. Very interesting phrase. Why did they go into the ark? Not because God told them, but because of the waters of the flood. Let's see what Rashi says about that. Noyach was from those who had little faith. He believed and he didn't believe. He wasn't quite sure. He did not enter the, the Teva, the Ark, until the water forced him to do so, pushed him in, so to speak. Well, on the uh, other hand, uh, he could have been uh, waiting around to see if the uh, verdict would be overturned, if uh, if uh, they you know, did let at the last minute chuva, you know, the people who were uh, about to be wiped out. Excellent. Yeah, there is definitely that interpretation as well. Positive spin. <laughs> Verse eight. I think it's a Hasidic interpretation. I forget who says that, but the, there is such an interpretation from the Hasidic masters. Mm -hmm. Verse 8, from the pure kosher animals and from the animals that are not kosher and from the birds and from all that creeps upon the earth. Two by two, they came to Noach, to the Teva, to the ark, male and female, as God commanded Noach. Rashi here again tells us, they came to Noach by themselves. He didn't have to go and put on one of those hats and go on a safari to bring the animals. They came to him. He took out an ad. They were all equal in this number. So when it says two by two, it's referring to all of them, but it's giving you the lowest common denominator of smallest number was two. Although, of course, there were those that came seven, seven. Verse 10, so the seven days passed. The waters of the flood were upon the earth. 
When was this? In the second month, which we're about to enter on Tuesday. Uh, well, yeah, Tuesday night is going to be uh, still Tishrei. It'll be the 30th of Tishrei. So Wednesday night, the second day of Rosh Chodesh, will be the first of Cheshvan. That's the second month of the year. The 17th day of that month, Yud Zayin Becheshvan. On that day, all the springs of the great deep were split. And the windows of the heavens opened up. Rashi cites two opinions. I gave you one opinion about what's the second month. That was Rabbi Eliezer's opinion, who says the second month is Cheshvan. Rabbi Yeshua says, that refers to the month of Iyar. In other words, do we count the first month as Tishrei, as Rabbi Leazar does, or do we count the first month as, Pe- as Pesach, as Nisan, as Rabbi Shua does, and thus the second month would be Iyar. Hmm. So that the depths were opened to emit their waters. Verse 12, the rain was upon the earth, 40 days and 40 nights. Now, there seems to be a contradiction here. And here it says the rain was upon the, upon the earth. But in the other verse, it says the flood was upon the earth. So which one was it? Was it the rain or was it the flood? Rashi tells us that when God started bringing down the flood, the rain, of the flood, they came down with mercy. That if the people will repent, they would transform, or they would be, not transform, they would be rain of blessing. When they did not repent, they became a mabul. So they started off as geshem, which could be a blessing, and they turned into a mabul, into a flood. Rashi tells us that the 40 days ended on Chaf Ches Kislev, according to Rabbi Eliezer, mm-hmm. um, 28th of Kislev, because you have um, 12 days in 12 days in Cheshvan and 28 days in um, 28 days in Kislev. 13, on this very day, Noach came. This is the 17th of Cheshvan. Hashem Chamayafis, his three sons, the children of Noach. Good question. Why is names being repeated? Ve'esh is Noach, the wife of Noach, and the three wives of his sons, Etam with him into the table. Now, what does it mean on this very day? Be'etzem hayoyim Noach. In fact, we just had this in the previous round at the end of, 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 uh, of Moshe's life. Says that Moshe was taken from us. So what does Rashi say? The Torah tells us, it's teaching us that the people of his generation were saying, if we see this Noah character entering that Teva, we're going to break it. We're going to kill him. This was a tough crowd. God says, I will bring him into the ark, not in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. when everyone's sleeping, 
through a back alley, through the back entrance of the White House. No, Laini Kulam. Everybody's going to see it. Minire Devar Mi Yakum. We're going to see whose words are going to be fulfilled, mine or those of the, the tough guys. And so we find also this expression when God takes the Jewish people out of Egypt, and also when, um, when Moshe is taken, the Jewish people can't stop uh, Moshe from being taken from them. Verse 14, they and every beast to its kind, every domesticated animal, Domestic animal after its kind, all the creeping things, all the birds, verse 15, they came to Noah to the ark, two by two of all flesh that has spirit of life, and those who came, male and female from all flesh, they came as God commanded him, the Lord shut him in. What does that mean, Rashi? Says Hagen Olaf this phrase telling us that God protected him from the hoodlums that they shouldn't break the ark. God surrounded the ark with beers and lions, and they killed some of them, of the people who were trying to attack. So that concludes the second portion of Parshas Noyach, and we'll open it up to questions and comments. So uh, I have a, a question. Um, you know, why why did the the why did Noach's neighbors you know care if he was uh, building an ark or not? They threatened you know to destroy the ark. They threatened to to kill him. You know. Uh, why? Why did they care if they if they didn't uh, think that there was uh, anything uh, significant going on there? It was just a crazy old man building a boat. It's a great question, Hilo. What do you say? Uh, it was uh, it's a good question. I think I think if they still had a little doubt. Maybe it will happen. So just to let, not not to let them do it. You know, just what it is. You know, they still have deep in their mind. That uh, it's all possible that you know that this flood will happen, you know, and they don't want to, you know, give them any chance to survive either. Right, I think that's correct. Um, right, it's the, the the you know the, there's a lot of bluster that goes on, right, and that's from the animal soul. Yes. And as you say, he'll deep down, they know it's true. They just don't want to hear it. And they don't want if they if they're going down, they don't they want him going down too. That's right. They want him going down with them. Spite. Yes, yes. So these were not good people. It's not the type of people you wanted to hang out with. Yeah, I mean they were already uh, you know, everyone was stealing from everyone else. Right, right. And you know, I suppose if there were people who were, you know, not Feeling, and maybe they could have uh, gotten on board too, but uh, um, you know, it seems like everyone was stealing. So even the the person whose pile of beans uh, was stolen from him, he was stealing from you know right. other people. Exactly. I'll give you a little bit of the Hasidic background on this. Is that actually it's in the midrash? The midrash says that 
before the flood, the world itself was a, a um, was very brute. The people were were brutish. There was a lot of the strength of the world, the physical strength of the world, the potency of the world, the material world was very, very strong. Uh, people were strong. Um, the earth was strong in how it produced. It was, there was, there was uh, abundance. And um, the material aspect of the world was so strong that it was very hard for the soul to be heard. The spirit, it crushed the spirit. It the, the, could not crush the spirit. The spirit could not, was so, was so weak, was so weak. So the, the volume on the, on the voice of the soul was so low because of the, the strength and dominance of the, of the physical. And, and what happened with the flood, that's why the people were acting in this way. Um, what happened with the flood is that everything became weaker. The physical world became weaker and the people weren't living as long anymore. You didn't have these uh, giants and uh, you know, things of that nature. People just, everything calmed down. The physicality was, was uh, reduced and this enabled the soul to come to the fore. And so in a way it's kind of, um, you know, uh, you see, you, you see that, after the flood, he says, you know, now the people are going to live for 120 years. As beforehand, you see much longer lifespans. And um, that's what the flood is, 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 uh, is happening with the flood. Now, we know the very famous interpretation of Kabbalah and Hasidus, that the flood was a purification of the world. And that's hinted to in the fact that a mikvah, a ritual purification bath, has to be have 40 sa'ah. That's uh, the measure of, of, of the, the minimum of a mikvah is 40 sa'ah. And that's the 40 days and 40 nights is the number of, of um, you know, corresponding to the 40 sa'ah that there's a purification of the world. It's a new world. It's like when you go into a mikvah, you come out as a new person, a convert, for example, goes into the mikvah and comes out a Jew. Or you go into the mikvah on Erev Shabbat, and you come out a new person, or every Yom Kippur, some people go once a year, they come out a new person. Similarly, the world came out like a new world, and it got to this start over in a new slate. It's a purification and a, and a nullification. So um, in a similar vein, when we talk about the flood, the floods in our in our own life. So also Hasidah says that what are the floods? So we talk, King Solomon says, that the many rushing waters will not be able to put out the fire of the of our love for God. The rushing waters, this flood in our lives, this is the the uh, the challenges that we face, the worries that go through our mind, depending on our stage in life. Chassidus mm. usually talks about the um, the worries of making a living, daigis haparnosa. That's the, the many waters, the flood of waters that threatens the love of, of, uh, of the soul, but it can't ultimately put it out. That's the soul's fire is stronger than all those waters, but it's a challenge. And how do we survive the flood of worries and thoughts and anxieties and um, that, that 
that threaten that threaten us throughout our lives to flood our, to flood our consciousness throughout our lives. That is through entering the teva, as the Balshemtov said. A teva means the ark. It means a box, but it also means a word. A teva is a word. Why is a teva a word? Why is it? I mean, in other words, why is the Hebrew word for a box and the word for a word the same word? The answer is because a word is a container. It's also like a box because it contains an idea or a concept. And so he said, entering the teva, entering the ark means entering the words of Torah. When you study Torah, really enter the words, be completely focused and immersed in it. And when you pray, when you daven, immerse yourself completely in the words, and that will protect you from the floodwaters. That even when you go back and you finish with your prayers and you finish with your Torah study and you're going into the into the mundane world, you're going to do your do your business there. You're going to be protected from the flood waters, and the flood waters will lift you up, will purify you. the the um, The experience that you're going through, your experiences that you're going through, will lift you up, will make you even greater. Just as the flood waters, in fact, did lift up the ark. The ark went up due to the water. Similarly, you will you will be not not God forbid drowned by these worries and these uh, floodwaters, but to the contrary, because of the challenge and the and the struggle that they create, if you enter the words of the Teva, if you enter the Teva, you will be afflicted by it. Yasher Koyach. Yasher Koyach. My pleasure. Good to see everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.